0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Laynon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you, sir? How was your Thanksgiving? Did you enjoy your turkey?
0: I did. It was fantastic. My wife made a bacon-covered, maple syrup-basted, sage butter-covered, delicious turkey monstrosity, and we we ate a lot of it, and it was. I I saw the pictures
1: on Twitter, and it looked pretty amazing. I was a little jealous you didn't invite me over, but that's okay. Uh, mm
0: It's It's a long trip. It's a long trip from Erie to Los Angeles. Okay. Well, I'll I'll keep that in mind next All right.
1: Coming up (laughs) in today's show, we review the Cowboys' big win over the Redskins on Thanksgiving Day. Um, For the most part, the Cowboys controlled this game. Right from the start of the game, the Cowboys went right down the field and got a touchdown. I oddly felt very confident that the Cowboys were going to win this game. Uh, but when they started that opening drive without Tyron Smith on the field, I did get a little nervous, and that was that was a surprise to basically all of us that Ty- Tyron wasn't able to go, and yet the Cowboys put up 31 points. Just unbelievable. So I want to start with that offensive line. Uh, did not play particularly mm-hmm. well in the first half. They gave up four sacks. Some of those that are on Prescott – uh, but overall, I thought the 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 unit with Xavier Sulafilo and Cam Fleming and Joe Looney, I thought they played pretty well. What did you see from the guys?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think when we we consider what they were up against, uh, yeah, I thought that you know they they availed themselves okay. Now, I think Fleming definitely you know had some issues with Preston Smith at times, to be sure. But who doesn't, um, Preston Smith and a good I think that. that- well, I mean, he's he's a good he's a good player. Um, I I think that uh, you know, and there, there were definitely you know, you're right to say that that both uh, Dak and the offensive line had individually on different snaps, a uh, different sacks had you know, responsibility of for the for those happening, um, and 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 so you know, what you're seeing is the kind of classic thing that we got to get Dak out of of. Him trying to do too much, him trying to, you know, uh, peel out when there's nowhere to peel. Uh, And that's, you know, those are on him when he's not stepping up into the pocket and making the throws. But there were also times when Dak was stepping Mm up. And he was just being enveloped by you know the 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 defense by Josh Allen and, and these the the Alabama <laughs> the assortment of Alabama defensive linemen that the Redskins have. But keeping all that in mind, such an impressive front seven, and, and Kerrigan is also an incredible player as well. Uh, yeah, I think you know for uh, Ezekiel Elliott to get 121 yards, you know, average four and a, more than four and a half yards a carry, uh, and to allow Cooper, uh, uh Prescott time to. Uh, you know, have the day that he did, I think, shows you. But, you know, again, like you said, without, I mean, you want to say two, but really yeah, without three. three of their starters, I mean, if you, with, you know, you're including Travis Frederick still. Uh, they, were, they were down three starters, and for them to avail themselves the way they did against a very, very good uh, Washington defensive line, yeah, I would say that overall, uh, it may not have looked pretty at all times, but they definitely uh, did the job that they had As
1: to do. As I was watching the game, Fox showed the Cowboys sideline late, late in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much wrapped up, and it, they showed Sean Lee and... Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick, and it just kind of dawned on me that those are three All-Pro players the Cowboys had to play without. Not even not mentioning you know Taco Charlton and David Irving and Jeff Swaim, and yet they still were able to win uh, this divisional matchup. I mean, that's that's awfully impressive. We know this is a star-driven league, and if you can win games without your All-Pro players on the field awfully impressive. Um who do you want to talk about next? Zeke or Amari Cooper? Because I think both of those guys were absolutely outstanding.
0: Um you, you know, I, okay. let's talk Zeke. Uh, it's it's tough, you know, because it's you kind of here's the thing about Zeke's performance in the last 3 weeks is that he's putting up these incredible numbers. He is the engine that is running this offense. Uh, it's incredibly impressive to watch but it's also not flashy, not at all no you know so it's there's there's not a ton to talk about it's it's just workmanlike it's efficient you know even passing was 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 a little bit tough for him uh, you know he only had 5 catches for 22 yards so he was averaging actually less per reception than he was per carry um and and the, you know there were lots of times when he was grinding out you know short yardage carries and 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 not getting a lot of yards he had a lot of 1 2 and 3 yard carries uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, the he got put in some tough positions, too, because of where they... You know, because of their bad field position they had, they were playing behind in the field position game, it seemed like the entire game. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, about that later. But I think that really kind of limited, you know, or at least affected the Cowboys' play oh, calling absolutely. because, you know, they're starting for, they're on their own four yard line. So Zeke was often running into the teeth of a defense that knows very much that he's coming at them, you know. So uh, I, I think that, you know, when you consider all those things, and again, getting back to the fact, down three starting offensive linemen against a you know, very, very, very high quality uh Washington defensive line, defensive front seven, really when you include Zach Brown and, and, and some of those guys back there. I mean the Brown's no slouch. Uh I think it's hard it's hard to understate, but because of how uh Unflashy, flashy I guess is the word it is, it's also kind of hard to uh, overstate right. <laughs> uh, what Ezekiel Elliott does for this team. I mean, clearly the numbers speak for themselves, uh, but at the same time, like, it's... For people that, tr- that really appreciate football, Ezekiel Elliott is so much so, fun to watch, right? Because you get you get how good he is. You watch him, and you're like, how does he have all this incredible blend of all the things you want in a running back? And And he put them all on display uh, on If you want to see just
1: a, a quick snapshot of what Zeke can do for you as a player— Go look at the final four plays of the opening drive of the game. And I'll I'll go through them very, very quickly. The Cowboys threw a a slant to Amari Cooper on the right side for 11 yards on third down. Zeke picked up the blitzing linebacker in the middle of the pocket. The very next play, they threw the basically the crossing route to Blake Jarwin. You remember which one I'm talking about? okay? Zeke picked up the rusher on the outside, which allowed Prescott to kind of step up in the pocket and make the throw. The next play... He had a seven yard run, was he got touched behind a line of scrimmage, was able to plow forward to get seven yards. And then on the next play, he had an unbelievable cut that's that that's had him score the 16 yard touchdown, basically put his foot in the ground, his right foot in the ground, broke to the left, and it was an easy score. So those four plays are just a perfect example of what Elliott can provide for you as a player. So considering He's coming off a short week in which he got 25 touches last week. Uh, Just an unbelievable performance. This episode of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to those of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a single charge. It's a perfect gift for any friend or family. It's great for anybody who works outdoors, skis, snowboards, hunts, anything like that. Anybody that hates the cold, you need to get them an Action Heat garment this Christmas season. Uh, For our listeners, we have a special deal to save 20% off your entire order, just go to actionheat.com to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com or use the coupon code LOCKEDON at the checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast from ezekiel elliott um i want to talk about amari cooper but let's take a quick break and we will come right back and we will do so
2: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Mari Cooper had his biggest day as a Cowboy. He had eight receptions hmm. for 180 yards and two touchdowns. And do you know how many targets that was on, Landon? How many targets do you think? Yeah, Nine. 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 Uh, this is this isn't a guy that's, yeah, that's this that's isn't incredible. a guy that's being fed 17, 18 targets a game. Uh, he is he is absolutely efficient. And we talked about this when they they made the trade. There's very few receivers in the NFL that fit Dallas's scheme more perfectly than Amari Cooper. And you saw that on display on Thursday between his route running, his quickness, and his ability to make plays after the catch. Amari Cooper is a special player. What did you see from Cooper on Thursday?
0: Uh, all his special traits on display yeah. you know uh, the the route running has been there since the beginning that was easy to see immediately um, but I think you saw a little bit more of, of his contested catch ability of not only on the the 90 yarder where he went up and uh, seemingly between three defenders to catch that ball and then you know no one really wanted to tackle him I mean that's the thing about him that's like crazy right is you know he he's so smooth and quick and and um, and then he goes and gets the ball and and then once he has the ball he's a two hundred and twenty it's like it's like Zeke has the ball right he's like a two hundred and twenty pound guy it's, like who runs it's a almost like Dez early in his career yeah. that, having the size and yeah. speed combination it's so he's so he's really really difficult to bring down which you know was evident in that play but but again that play that that out route that that he caught for a first down where he caught it right at the marker and then um you know made the play for the first down um you know i i, I think of his eight receptions that i could be wrong but i i think of those eight four of them were on third yeah, downs you're right for, yep. for for convert i think only one of them didn't convert uh and so you know i, I mean it, this was this was his breaking out game i, I mean to me, the thing about this that's so amazing is what what this means for the future I mean now you can't I mean because we we talked about how you know teams have to account for Cooper but they hadn't really fully started to reflect that in let's say number of players in the box or you know like that you know, there's teams are still Tending towards Ellie, Yep. right? I mean, still trying to uh, focus on Elliott. And, and and I think that they still will. But now that Cooper comes out and drops eight for one eighty and two touchdowns, including a ninety yarder, I think teams are going to have to start thinking twice, you know, about letting Cooper stay one on one or not giving him safety help over the top. You know, I, I think that the, the, as uh, incredible and as impressive that this was, I think the most exciting part about his performance is the tape that he's put out there for all of our future opponents uh, and all the defensive coordinators who uh, are going to see that and go, okay, how are we going to deal with that guy? Right.
1: Um, So next week when the Cowboys play the Saints, if you watched uh, the Saints and Falcons game from Thanksgiving night, they used Eli Apple and a safety to basically cover Julio Jones. Uh, I think you're going to see the exact same coverage for Amari Cooper next week. Uh, You'll probably see Marshawn Lattimore on Gallup but that should open up the running game. If if New Orleans wants to play that style of defense, I think you're going to see another massive game from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, one more skill position I want to talk about on the offense before we move on. It's Dalton Schultz. Now, I think Schultz had one mm. catch in this game for negative one yard. So you look at the stat sheet, That's you look right, at the yeah. stat sheet, it's probably looks like the Cowboys don't have a real tight end on the roster. Uh, but from what <laughs> from what I saw from him in this game, and again, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the all twenty-two once it's released to kind of confirm mm. this. But I thought Dalton Schultz had a good game. I thought he looked much stronger at the point of attack. Uh, there was a couple times that he walled off Ryan Kerrigan. Um, I saw him get to the second level a few times. But what did you see from Dalton Schultz in this game?
0: I thought th- th- we're starting to see the Dalton Schultz that we saw in college, at least as a blocker. Yeah. You know, I think he started to catch up to the speed of the game, and I think what that has done. I mean, when you talk about somebody like Schultz, I mean he is all technique. You know, I mean, he's he's still kind of scrawny. He's a beanpole. I mean, he's he's gonna be, yeah, that'll change for sure. It's just, but right now, I mean, the the what the reason he's having success is because of his technique. The reason he had success in college is because of very good technique. I think when you get to the NFL. You have to kind of recalibrate your technique to the speed of the game and the strength of the guys you're dealing with, you know? So I I think it took Schultz a little while to do that. But what you're seeing now is that he's being asked to execute a a variety of different types of blocks. And I think he's doing a good job. I mean, we're seeing, you know, you talked about Kerrigan. I I saw him on Kerrigan several different times, including uh, coming across a formation on a split zone block, you know, similar to the one that. Jason Witten used to get blown up by Olivia Vernon all the sure. time, you know. So, uh, so and Schultz, you know, was able to execute that. I saw him bury Mason Foster one time, throw him to the ground. Essentially, um, I saw, you know, I mean, just a lot of uh, blocks where he got on the guy. I saw him uh, take on and block uh, Pain at one I time. I did, yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. I mean, he was and get get him get his guy turned and 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 you know, p- create a hole, be part of the point of attack, block. And create the the lane for the 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 running back to get through. Uh, you know he didn't have great stats, obviously. And I I, wa- I wanted to bring him up because I, I noticed him as a blocker specifically. Uh, And I thought that it it, I'm excited, just like you. I want to see the all 22 tape, um, but I'm excited because I think it's going to confirm kind of what we saw from the broadcast. tape And
1: I just really quickly want to talk about kind of expectations of Sway. I I know there's people out there that are hoping that he's going to become the team's tight end one next year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Schultz? I I don't. You mean Schultz? Yeah, Schultz. I'm sorry. Yeah. You want him to become the next Jeff Swain. When you take a fourth-round pick, you want him to develop into a solid tight end, too. I mean, the odds that he becomes this dominant pass catcher and all that kind of stuff is just not very realistic. But if he can become what Jeff Swain is for you now, that's absolutely a hit for a draft pick. And I think you're seeing—I think Schultz is quite a bit further ahead than what Swain was when he was a rookie. So if you're kind of comparing apples to apples here, Schultz is on the right path to becoming a productive player in the NFL. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not ruling out Schultz becoming a tight end one type. I mean, I think he has the upside to do that. I just, you know, we we have no. I, I mean, he's so raw right now. I mean, because he's underdeveloped physically. So uh, I, I, you know, I want to see what a, a year in the training room does, and and that I think is going to kind of give us a, a better idea of what his ceiling. Will the last thing like. I want to talk about with the offense is the field position. Uh, for most of the day,
1: yeah. the Cowboys had some pretty terrible field position. They had one drive that started at like the four yard line. They had one that started at the 19 yard line. Uh, I mean, they, they were just backed up all day long and yet they were still able to find success on a couple drives. Uh, it also helped that the defense got some turnovers that changed field position. Um, but, you know, what did you think about their offense kind of having to deal with some of these, you know, bad field position? I mean, they had the one touchdown, the 90 yard touchdown that came from it, but just kind of your overall thoughts on the field position from yesterday.
0: Let's, let's look at this really quickly, right? The Cowboys had 13 drives on, Sunday, on Thursday. Uh, two of them, let's... I mean, one of them was to kill the game, yep. and the second one was basically to run down the clock. So let's take two of those out. They had basically 11 drives. Of those 11 drives, they only got better than the 25... You know, the, the, what you get from the kickoff, from the, uh, from the touchback, yep. which is the, your own 25. They only got better than that field position... On one, two, three different drives. <laughs> Every drive after that was either at the 25, which they had one, two, three of those. And then they had a drive that started, as you mentioned, on the four, a drive that started on the eight, a, a drive that started on the nine, and then a drive that started on the 19. So, all, and then the, the, the drive that started on the 19, by the way, also had a, a false start penalty yep, on it. Yep. So, though, that is going to kill whatever drive you're trying to have and and oddly enough all all of those drives uh I think failed if I'm oh, except for the <laughs> except for the one that started on the it nine because touchdown. we threw yep. a 90 yard touchdown pass so uh you know I think w- there was a lot of kind of hand-wringing about what the Cowboys were doing play calling wise and and you know look I mean there's obviously there's the, the conversations to be there but I think that the 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 angle that we need to keep in mind is the Cowboys are put in a terrible the offense specifically was put in a terrible position for most of the game and playing uh, in bad field position on the wrong side of the ball. I mean, inside your own ten against a front seven like Washington, while you are while you are like we said down three starting offensive linemen, including one who wasn't aware that he was starting until just before the game. Uh, you know, I, I think we should all take a deep breath And, and realize that, that That kind of context matters when you're making play calls You need to make sure that you're And the Cowboys are a team that protects the ball They want to protect the ball So they are going to play it safe You have to understand that And that is going to affect the play calling And once the Cowboys were able to flip the field Things were a little bit different but I, I think that that is some context that I think was lacking yesterday. Is that that the terrible field position, the Cowboys' offensive line was the fact that Dak was getting sacked a lot, and that the, the Cowboys' running game, even though it ended with good yards, wasn't exact, wasn't you know blowing the doors off of Washington th- the, throughout the whole game, affected how the, the ability of the Cowboys to. Convert on you know get to third down and convert third down and, and and even just affect how they were able to call the game.
1: Some of their poor field position was a little bit self-inflicted. Um, I think you're noticing the difference in Rich Pisaccia not being here on special teams. It Cole Beasley had a couple of plays yesterday as a punt returner that were not very good. And that's, you know, there's one that the one that ended up on the four yard line. That's because Beasley decided not to fair catch it at about the 15 and let it bounce down there. So that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, I want to talk about the defense, but just keep in mind that the special teams this year for the Cowboys haven't been all that great. Um, let's talk about uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, he's really good. Are you ready to move on? <laughs> yes. I mean Thank you. we talk about it we talk about him every <laughs> single week yeah, and every week he is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh he had three tackles, uh, a half a sack, a, t- a tackle for a loss, a pass deflection, three quarterback hits and an interception. I I
0: mean come on. That guy is absolutely ridiculous. Any 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 questions? No. <laughs> I mean it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Three three quarterback hits, the, the, an interception, a pass deflection, you know, a, a half sack. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean there's nothing <laughs> he can't do. <laughs> he was ridiculous throughout the game. He was just totally, totally ridiculous. Uh, but the good news is is that uh, there's a lot of good people to talk about in this defense, so even if we wanted to kind of, breeze past Demarcus Lawrence's fantastic game uh, which is you know kind of becoming standard uh, there's plenty plenty of other 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 guys to talk about that have I'm just so games. thankful
1: that we have a, a dominating pass rusher I mean it was it felt like a long time between Ware and Demarcus Lawrence and I know it was only a couple of years but just keep drafting guys named Demarcus it seems to be working out for Dallas mm-hmm. um it seems yeah, okay. Let's yeah. talk about the safeties um, because they don't get a lot of recognition in Dallas. It's always Demarcus Lawrence. It's always the linebackers and Byron Jones. But I thought Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods had maybe their best games of the season. Jeff Heath actually led the team in tackles. He had a tackle, uh, a tackle for a loss, a pass deflection. Uh, Xavier Woods was phenomenal. Three pass deflections and interception. Uh, what did you see from the Cowboys' safeties on Thursday?
0: Yeah. And Woods also had a whole bunch of tackles. I mean, I think he had four tackles yes. total and some big hits. He had the interception, three other pass deflections. Uh, and Heath also forced a fumble. Yeah. It yeah. didn't get recovered by us, but but he, he also forced a fumble. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you and I, uh, I mean, first of all, let's start with Heath. Uh, you know, Heath they put him in a position where he's comfortable you know i think when he's playing down low he he's going to make plays when he plays in the back end he's not you know going to necessarily be the reason you get beats uh and I think that you know he's just he's seeing the game really well right now. He's pulling the trigger and, and and flowing the ball, especially in the run game. He's really just he's a force. Anything near the line of scrimmage, you know, he pulled the trigger on that uh, on that screen that he got underneath the block and made a tackle for loss. Uh, you know, he's just seeing the ball uh, seeing the ball really well and, and playing really good football, especially when he's near the line of scrimmage. You know, Woods we talked about last week. Uh, in, I think. We talked about his progression, right? We talked about how uh, it started out. Well, hey, at least we got a, a, a free safety who can play back there who isn't thirty-five yards off the ball. Right. And then it's like, okay, Woods is showing up, showing up near the ball when when the ball's arriving. He's getting closer. He's getting closer. And we talked about how that that's a progression, and that the next step would be, you know, getting his hands on the ball and 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 stepping in front of these passes. And that's what we started to see uh, on Thursday. You know, he stepped in front of one of these passes and uh, dropped a, what a, what would have been a, his first. Of two interceptions. Uh, and then he was able to uh, get the tip pass from a Woozy and got the interception. And then it had another two pass deflections on top of that. So Woods now f- fully affecting the game, um, coming in and, and being a, a, a force, you know, and, and at, at the free safety position is something this defense has kind of lacked for a while, just not having. Uh, having a free safety who actually affects the play, it isn't just a safety valve, you know, like a guy that's actually coming in and, and forcing the hand. And then I think we should probably parlay this into a quick conversation about a Woozy, right? I mean, yeah, really, really quick. Real, before we talk real... about a Woozy, yet, yeah, go ahead. I find ahead.
1: it interesting that at safety, they've kind of stopped the rotation. Uh, they're basically just playing Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath, you know, full time yeah. now. Over yeah. the last, I'm looking at it now, over the last five weeks. Uh, Kavon Frazier has played six total snaps, so they've basically gotten rid of yeah. you know rotating these guys in, and I think it's helped. I think it's helped that Woods is playing more yes. and he's getting into a rhythm. So, I just wanted to throw that in there. Please continue with Chidobi.
0: Well, I mean, I think we, we got to talk about the cornerbacks overall. I mean, first of all, this secondary had 10 pass deflections on Thursday. That's it incredible. Is. I mean, that means that these guys are, are getting their hands on the football. Not not just the secondary, but the defense as a whole, because Van Der Esch had a pass deflection. and uh, But Anthony Brown, another guy who <laughs> has a stat line that is unbelievable. He had four tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, a QB hit, an interception, and a pass deflection. Uh, and and he made an incredible uh, – that his interception was incredible. He read the play beautifully. Beautifully went up, made the play, came down with it. Uh, you know, he had a, a, a important sack later on in the game. Um, Brown has really had a fantastic year. He's been really year good this year. I mean, you know, he's had he's he's uh, really bounced back from what was clearly a very poor year last season. Um, had a r- great rookie campaign, and seems like he's kind of re- course corrected from uh, whatever happened to him. You know, whatever happened to this whole team last year. Um, but I think that you know, going back to a woozy. Um, another guy we talked about it right the, the the progression and and he here's where he's at now like he may be like a station like a station behind woods on this same track right where he's challenging these especially in man like he's challenging these passes he's there like he got he's ha- he got two pass deflections one of which got taken for interception the other one was on a big third down he got a big uh pass deflection so he's he's there challenging these receivers uh and and, and he's you know putting putting it out there and and then another thing that i I wanted to talk about that you and I had discussed before this and, and I, you should go in this two of this a little bit as well part of we think that what's going on with the woozy and, and not that he's had great success rate overall as a season I think he's gotten better but part of the issue is that no one's throwing his direction right? Like I mean Byron Jones I mean everyone right, is throwing right. his direction I'm sorry because I mean no one is throwing it to Byron's side I mean you know they they're basically avoiding trying to get uh, throw the ball anywhere near Byron Jones. So Illusi is seeing a, a high, high number of balls thrown in his direction. I agree. And it's it's just one of those things with, you know, most
1: of the time wide receiver ones are lined up on Byron's side. Um, and they're just going to – and Dallas doesn't do a lot of safety help. So they're just going to basically avoid the wide receiver one because Byron's played so well. And they're throwing at Chidobi. Almost more in the flats than anything, and I, I hate to bag on the casual fan, but they'll see a running back or a tight end catch a, a pass in the yeah. flat, and they'll see Chidobe behind him, and they'll assume that is the one that's giving up the reception. When an, you know, And the truth is, it's not always his fault.
0: He had three guys right. in his zone, and he's you know trying to cover two yeah. of them and at once. And there's and been, and been yeah, times yeah. where
1: Ouzier hasn't done a great job of tackling, but there's been times, sure, absolutely. like yesterday, where I thought he did a really good job of tackling. There was a play where Adrian Peterson got outside, and Awuzie was the only player on that side, and he made the tackle. So. It's just been kind of a, well it's, it, it's been an up and down season for it, him. He's been hurt. Yeah. He's been he hasn't been 100%. But he's right there. I mean, even last week with the, the catch yeah. with Julio, he is right there. It just took an incredible throw and an incredible crutch catch to beat him. So I'm
0: honestly, I am not concerned about Awuzie in the long no. run at all. No. I think again, we want to see progression. If we're not seeing progression, then we're concerned, right? If he's if he's bad and then we're not seeing any improvement that that's concerning I, you know again i think the woozy thing is a lot like the dac and the play calling thing as well it's like it is Dak having a hard time you know knowing re- not remembering but stepping up into the pocket and delivering the pass at times yeah he is absolutely is that the reason that he gets sacked every single time? Absolutely right. not. And, and, and so, like, I think we get caught up on... It's, it's always a combination, a triangulation of a couple different things. So every time that a woozy makes a tackle after a catch is made, that doesn't mean that a woozy gave up a pass, you know? Or every time that a woozy gives up a catch that he goes up for, it doesn't mean that a woozy played bad, you know? So these other guys, are, he's going against Julio Jones. He's Those guys going get against, paid, too. You know, these guys... Those guys are—yeah, and they get paid a lot, you know? So, like, I I think that there's this tendency to kind of uh, look at a negative play as an indictment on the person that they can't do the job. Everyone gives up plays. The the question is, how do you recover from that? Do you continue to give up plays? Do you not bounce back? Do you ever return fire and make a play of your own? And that's the thing about this defense. And before we leave, I wanted to make this point— there's, it's not just Demarcus Lawrence anymore that's making plays on this defense. Everybody on this team, it seems like everyone on this defense m- made a small play one way or another. Whether it was Randy Gregory or Malik Collins, who only you know had one assisted tackle but had an incredible mm-hmm. game. Like he was blowing things up in the backfield, getting great penetration. Crawford had a half sack, but he he was all over the place. You know, I, I, it's just uh, it, I think that there's. The great thing about this defense that's that's really you know heartening to me is that it's not just two or three guys anymore. Like everyone on this defense now, it seems like has the ability to make plays, and and it seems like that they are when the when the plays are there to be made that they're taking advantage of it, and that's that's exciting to see because it, to me it feels like this defense is actually going to continue to get better. I
1: even saw Dorrance Armstrong bend around the corner one time and kind of force McCoy yeah. outside the pocket, so you are starting to see some more of it. Uh, they will be tested next week against New Orleans. That's really oh, yeah. that's really going to be the measuring stick. Now, I don't expect them to win that game. I don't think anybody does. But if they can hold New Orleans to under 30 points, something that basically no other team in the league has been able to do, then we can have this conversation about where this defense ranks among the league's best. But that should be a great measuring stick. But that is all for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can check out the show at Lockdown Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend, and we will be be back here next week.